0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage podcast. Stacy Blackwood here with Jake Thomas. Jake, how's it going tonight? Going good, man. Just waiting on this rain to hit for the next twenty days. It seems like. Yeah, uh, we're soaked up here in North Alabama right now. Yeah, and it's just going to get worse. Yes, but uh, we got several things to talk about today. Uh, we're going to dive into some, you know, Alabama basketball and uh, some of the staff. The final staff. I guess names and announcements uh, for the football program and uh we'll also talk a little bit of the NBA and kind of the LeBron and KD uh debate that's that's kind of been made since Durant won the MVP last night of, of the All-Star game. So yeah. uh we got several things to talk about. We're going to try to squeeze it in in about 35 minutes or less. So we'll see how we do there, but uh the first thing we're going to talk about is Something that's kind of been disappointing over the last week, and that's uh that's on basketball. Uh, you know, it's uh it really is a roller coaster ride with this program over the last several years, and it just doesn't seem like that's ever going to change. No, it's not. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a multitude of things. Obviously, we're not the most talented team offensively.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but we also lack energy and effort on the defensive end, and we've been talking about that all season long, and uh. That's the part that's frustrating.
1: It is. And, you know, I just I just don't understand it. You know, Avery talks about, you know, it's a tale of two halves. Well, Saturday I just wish we'd have got, you know, one good half. I mean, it it was a – you know, it was ugly to say the least. I mean, we we was just flat offensively and, and in front of your home crowd. I mean, that's – And it was a good crowd there. It was. And it was just it's embarrassing to, you know – to To lose like that on your home court when, you know, usually in in basketball, especially you know, home court advantage means a lot because anybody can go anywhere in in win, but when it's at home, it's it's a different story. It seems like, but you know, Alabama just you know couldn't couldn't get out. Apparently, they didn't they didn't come out of the locker room, you know, because they they played terrible.
0: Yeah, it 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 really was just a bad performance all around. I mean, just. Like Jake said, they were stuck in the mud on the offensive end. And Florida just come out with more more fight in them. They did. And, you know, that's on Avery. I I mean, Mm -hmm. it's his job to get them motivated. Obviously, I think he knows a lot about basketball and and he can coach basketball really well. But it it takes a certain personality to equip these 17- to 21-year-olds with – with the kind of mindset that it takes to play, uh, you know, Division One, Power Five college basketball on a nine-in, a nine-out basis and, and play with a lot of energy and a lot of effort and a lot of toughness. And and it just seems like Avery doesn't have that personality to get that job done. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he can change that. But, you know, we're almost through his fourth year and, and it's still the same old, same old stuff. So, uh, something's got to change. As far as their schedule goes, they got uh three home games left and three road games, and none of them are easy, really. No. I mean, obviously, A&M and, and Vanderbilt are up next. Uh, they're, they're, they're lower, the bottom feeders of the SEC, so to speak. So, uh, you know, they should win both those games, and if they have a chance of making the NCAA tournament, they need to win both them games. Yeah. If they lose either one of them games, it, mm-hmm. I, I believe it would probably put them on the outside looking in, Fortunately for Alabama, the next four games are all really big games, and if they, you know, win two of three or two of four or, or three of four, then they would get their themselves back into the tournament talk. But it's that's a long way from now. I mean, it, we're we're sitting here on uh, Tuesday, February eighteenth, and, and tomorrow night they play on the SEC network at A and M. It's Monday, <laughs> and uh, so uh, yeah, Monday. Uh, so we uh. A lot of basketball to go. Their last regular season game is the ninth of March, so yeah. there's still uh, you know several weeks to go in, in the regular season, and a lot can happen. Uh, I believe they closed last year' regular season on a five game losing streak. I think so. So and had to win
1: you know the first game against yeah yeah know, one of,
0: yeah won the first game of the SEC tournament you yeah. know on that buzzer beater by Sexton so. You know, it's uh, it's it's just been frustrating, and we've we've said that word a lot when we've talked about Alabama basketball.
1: And what scares me is, you know, you talked about the you know A and M game and the Vandy game, but you know, South Carolina's overall record is not that great. It's thirteen and twelve, but they're eight and four in the SEC this year. I mean, they apparently they I don't know much about them. I know they apparently they had a tough you know out of conference schedule, but. And the SEC, they've, they've held their own. They've beat Auburn. Yeah, they got creamed by Kentucky. Um, the only saving grace for Alabama is they got a good win against Kentucky because Kentucky's looking like they may be the best team now out of the SEC. They're coming to their own. Um, they just had a big win against Tennessee. But my, my thing is about this team, we talk about, you know, the inconsistency. Why can we go to Tennessee and pretty much – when we had them beat, we just, you know, but that was a tough environment. They was the number one team, and we looked like, you know, we came out and played our hardest. Then we play against, uh, I'm not taking anything away from Florida, but they're a middle-of-the-road SEC team. They're 6-6 and right now uh, conference record, and they're 14-11 overall. But we was at home, we should have beat them, and we come out flat. I mean, like you talked about, the motivation is not there. And I don't know what Avery's got to do. I've, I've read people saying that he's lost control of the locker room. I don't know if that's true or not, but I don't think a team's going to give up on him. But, but they did not come out and play Saturday, that's for sure.
0: Well, my the thing is Alabama has two SEC home losses, and both of them are inexcusable. Yeah. You can't lose at home to A and M, and you no. can't lose at home to Florida to this Florida team. This Florida team is not that great. No. They have a really outstanding defensive team, but they struggle offensively. Yeah, and Alabama just could not seem to to put any kind of uh, they just couldn't put any kind of pressure on that Florida offense, and mm-hmm. it was just it, it just really was a bad performance all around. To only score fifty three points at home that's yeah. pathetic. So uh, I mean, yeah, that's just. Uh, then, then two home losses. I mean, if if you have those two wins, instead of being at six and six in conference play, you're looking at eight and four. Yeah, exactly. And you you we have a totally different outlook on the season. So, yeah. you know, th- those two games are are you know are kind of leveraging this team whether mm-hmm. they're going to make the NCAA tournament or not. So, uh-huh. like we said, there's a lot to go. Uh, to, to play for the rest of the way. You know, there's been talk about maybe a lineup change. You know, every said there's nothing, you know, that, that's off the table. I think they need a lineup change. All, uh, but I also believe that they need to have a uh, an attitude change.
1: Yeah. Um, I also put a, a, a poll out after, on Twitter after the loss. And uh, I said, you know, how confident are you in Bama Hoops' chances against uh, A&M Tuesday night? Uh, 20% of y'all had 199 votes. 100, uh, 20% was very confident. 56% was not confident. And I put a third option in there was the coach has got to go. That was 24%. So, you know, about a quarter of people think that, you know, Avery's time, you know, is up. But, I mean, I don't want to say that just yet, but if we lay an egg against A&M Vandy, you know, I I don't even – he still got – I mean, if we, if we can beat – You know, LSU and Auburn, I may, you know, it would be great. But, I mean, I don't know if this team
0: is able to right now. Well, I I was pretty emotional after the game Saturday. Mm -hmm. And I probably tweeted a few things that I probably shouldn't have. But I'm not going to delete them because I'm going to stand by what I said because I said it. Right. But uh, they, uh, you know, I I tweeted out a couple times I need to fire Avery that they, you know, they shouldn't even let him coach another game. And that's probably a little premature on my part. But the fact remains that he does not seem to have the ability to keep the team motivated. Yeah. I mean, Jake, of course they're going to be motivated to play Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. Of course they're going to be play, motivated to play the number one team at the time in Tennessee. Yeah. Of course they're going to be motivated to play LSU in a couple of weeks. Of course they're going to be motivated to play Auburn at home in a couple of weeks. So, I mean – that that's that's like it's just that's a given, but you have to be motivated to play every game. Exactly, every game counts, and 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 that's the thing that's just really, once again, frustrating. It I is. mean, I don't know of another word to use besides frustrating. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Avery turns it around, and Alabama goes six and zero over the last uh, six games of the regular season. And and the truth is, they're capable. Yeah, they, they are. have the talent.
1: Yeah. And you know we we talked about it, you know when I feel like we are at our best when when Dante Hall is getting some looks inside, getting you know getting more involved in the offensive end. Uh, he only had eleven points against Mississippi State in that loss, and against Florida the other day um, he only had uh, ten points. So I think we gotta go back to him. But I mean, I've got I've got to have more out of our days on Ingram. Yep. you know. I mean, this dude. I think he's been on the team what three or four years. Yeah, and he only got two points the other day. I mean, you—he's yeah, got—he's got to play better. And and it seems like, um, what game was it that Mac went off? When it seems like when Mac's going, you know, we got to get him going early. But he only have four points. I mean, we've,
0: you know, we just we got seeing this is where this is where Avery comes in. Yeah, to to me. They try to use Dazon Ingram too much as a a primary ball handler. He's not. The primary ball handlers for this team need to be Kyra Lewis Mm -hmm. and Herbert Jones. Exactly. And that's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'm sorry. There's nobody else that needs – not even A.J. Jr. He does not need to be one of the primary ball handlers. And I understand he played – he played
1: 18 minutes of the day, of course. I guess he's going to get him some time in because he's getting blown out, but – he better not be playing in any close game. AJJ cannot score.
0: He's 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 one of them guys that's off and on. He's liable to put up 20 I know. in 10 minutes of play, or he's liable to turn it over seven times and yeah. get blocked 12 times in a matter of five minutes. So, it's just uh, – there's no consistency out of any of the yeah. players, truthfully, Nor- other than Kyra Lewis. And Norris, uh, Norris, he played 19,
1: had zero points. Yes. I mean –
0: but to me, no, uh Ingram is the guy that you need to 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 run uh screens for yeah. and to to be a spot-up shooter at the three-point line cuz he is a fantastic three-point shooter this year. He's 14 to 31 in the year. That's awesome. So you need to get I mean he needs to get touches on the perimeter to yeah. get some shots off yeah. and then you need to post him up. You don't need to let him dribble the ball. No. He's and and and, and another thing is petty Probably needs to be inserted back into the starting lineup for Dazon. I agree. And the reason is, is Petty seems to have, it, play more consistent than Dazon. Yeah, he has. That was that was not the case last year. John Petty was not a consistent player, but he is a more consistent player this year in his sophomore season. So he he needs to have more of a a role, I think, in the starting lineup. And and uh, D- D- like Jake said, Dante Hall needs to get more touches, especially early in the game. Yeah, the, we, we need to start our offensive. Uh, games, you know, trying to feed the post, and yeah. we didn't take advantage of of, of, of that Saturday. Mm-mm. And uh, I know against uh,
1: <coughs> against Auburn a couple of weeks ago, I don't think Dante Hall touched the ball until like ten minutes left in the first half, unless it was a rebound. Yeah, the
0: right. the, the, the thing, and, and I, I want to touch on Dazon again. He he's a guy that that doesn't need to be a primary ball handler. I know he was a point guard in high school, but this ain't high school no more. This is college. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, this is high-level college basketball. So, he's not a primary ball handler. He, uh, he needs to be a post-up guard because mm-hmm. he's got great size and he's got great ability around the rim. And, and he needs to be a spot-up three-point shooter. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's his game. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with only having that part of your game, and that's exactly. fine. yep. But Herbert Jones and Kyra Lewis need to be our primary ball handlers. I think our starting lineup needs to be uh, Hall, Mack, Petty, Lewis and uh, somebody else. Jones. And Herbert Jones. Yeah. So uh, that's just my opinion. And, and, you know, I don't think both Herbert and Kyra need to be out of the game at the same time. No. One of them has to stay in to be the primary ball handler. I mean, unless you're playing a team that that's, doesn't have great guard play, mm-hmm. then you can let Dazon be a, a primary ball handler because sometimes he's capable of making good decisions and, yeah. and not turning the ball over. But know. he's too loose with the basketball at times. And doesn't make really good decisions, and and that really gets Alabama or puts Alabama in a bind, and and it does. gets them, you know, on the ropes, so to speak. So, uh, I, that's just kind of my two cents. Dazon does not nothing against Dazon. I like Dazon. I, do too. I think he's a good player, he, but he's not a ball handler. No, he's not. So maybe Avery can see that and kind of kind of switch some things up as far as the lineup goes mm-hmm. and the rotation goes, and. Uh, we need to get Alex Reese back going. He yeah. was a great player off the bench early in the season, and yeah. I don't know what's happened to him over the last month. He only had two, two Yeah, minutes. I mean he's 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 falling off Same. a little bit. So we need to get him back going. Yeah, that's that's a key for the bench, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens on that front with I, Alex. And,
1: and I like uh, Galen Smith's play here lately. He's done really well. I I thought so. Um, be good to to see him light a spark, you know, off the bench as well. Uh, whenever um, Hall has to go out,
0: yeah, and, and Jake touched on it. We need more consistency from T- Tevin Mack. And, yeah, uh, but really, I mean, I, it's it's bad that Kyra is the most consistent player, and he's seventeen. Yeah, uh, so that it, it's just you would think that with the amount of upperclassmen that the Alabama has and guys that's played. I mean, John Petty's only a sophomore, but he's played a lot of basketball games in Alabama. So oh, yeah, I mean, and. Nothing against him, because he's actually played much better this season, I believe, than he, than he, did, he did his freshman season. Yeah. He's at least more consistent. So, yeah. But as far as Kyra Lewis goes, I mean, he's he's our leading scorer. He's I think he's our leading assist guy. So, it it's just uh, – it, it's bad when the youngest guy on your team is the most consistent player. Yeah. If we didn't have him, I don't know what this team would look like. Alabama is very fortunate that Kyra Lewis – has probably exceeded the expectations of even the coaching staff this season. Yes. Or Alabama might be looking at a 500 or a losing record right now. Oh yeah, definitely. Kyra has definitely been the been the spark for this team that they needed. Uh, over the last, uh, I mean, his last five games: thirteen, twenty-four, eighteen, seventeen, and fourteen. So <laughs> wow. he, I mean, if he's going to get you thirteen plus points a game on a consistent basis, yeah. I mean, what else can you ask for? Exactly. And see, when, when you talk about guys that's you know that's been in the program like Dante Hall and and his, you can't he can't help quite as much because he's he's a post guy, mm-hmm. so he has to be given the ball. But I mean, you're talking eight, three, seven, eleven, and ten. Mm-hmm. So, and we talked about it probably two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. When he doesn't play thirty minutes, our team is not as good. Yeah. And I'll over the it. last five games, he's not played a thirty-minute ball game, and no. we're two and five. Oh yeah, that's right. So. I mean i I don't think it's that difficult. I think Avery's making it a little more difficult than what he might need to be. Yeah. And I think we should just get back to the basics, uh, get Petty back in the starting lineup, let Dazon come off the bench and, and come off some screens and catch the ball on the perimeter for, you know, a three point a spot up three point shot and mm-hmm. then post him up on the smaller guards and and kinda kinda use that as, as part of your part of your bench and get Alex Reese back going. And yeah. and, and I think if they do that Along with Galen Smith and, and a couple other guys, Riley Norris, of course, Alabama can can be a, a potent team. I agree. And they're they they can beat anybody. Yeah. So obviously the season's not over, you know, it's not the sky's not falling. The sky's not falling, but uh It's just frustrating. If you lose this next game, yeah, the sky might be falling. Yeah. It's and it's getting awful cloudy. I think even Avery said that. Yeah. So it's uh it's time to pick it up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I know we, we have both made
1: comment that we believe that John Petty is the most important guy on the team, which I you know, I, I tend to agree with that, but you know, you just said it, you know, when Dante Hall has not, you know, has not played, you know, thirty minutes in the last, you know, seven games and we're two and five. So, you know, he's he's a very important part of this team. I think, you know, that's why I keep stressing we've got to get him the ball more. I mean the dude's long and lanky. I mean, he don't have yeah. to jump much to to dunk it. Just give him the ball and let him go to town. You know, let him go to town. But I don't like to see him post up or not post up, but but you know, go out of the post and try to shoot. You know, right. face up. I just don't like seeing that. But you know, I, I think I think get him going early will, and you'll see a lot a lot of difference in the team. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and their spacing's not good all the time. No. It's inconsistent on the spacing. Uh, and then it doesn't allow Kyra and Herb yep. to, to drive the lane and, and find Hall, you know, running baseline or, or lob it mm-hmm. up for a dunk. So it's uh, – and one, one thing about Petty and, and, I, you know, watching that game a couple uh, – I guess last week against Mississippi State, mm-hmm. I didn't expect to win that game on the mm-hmm. road. No. But Petty played 23 minutes and only had uh, five shot attempts. That's Crazy. So I mean he's he's got he's got to get the get the ball more uh or get the more shots up. Yeah, exactly. is what I should say. But uh you know he he actually played really well Saturday uh, against Florida. I mean, he finished with 10 points on 4/7 of shooting, 2 of 5 from the 3-point line. So I mean that uh, what do you that's yeah. you can't ask for much more than that from a bench player. That's so uh, I think it's time to move him back into the starting lineup. He's playing really well defensively. So uh I think it's just time to get him back in there and kind of see what he can do, and kind of move Dazon back to the back to the bench. And like I said, this is not a knock on Dazon. I like no, Dazon. I do too. But he's not being used correctly. He's, he's not, not a primary ball handler, and he doesn't need to be used as one.
1: And that goes back to to Avery Johnson. You know, uh, that's matchups, coaching. coaching, matchups, no, you your know. personnel. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, we're not knocking the team. We're just we're just giving to you how we feel. And you know, it's just. It's just frustrating as a, as a Bama fan right now, basketball wise, because it's just you see, like I say, you see this team play so well against the number one team in the nation, a couple you know what a month ago, mm-hmm. and now we're you know we're losing to Florida at home by a bunch. Yeah, you know? by nearly by eighteen points. Yeah, I mean it's,
0: it's unacceptable. It, it really that, that's the right word. It it, yeah. it is unacceptable. And, and as Alabama basketball fans, we know we're not Kentucky. No, I understand that. But I don't think it's unreasonable for us to feel like we shouldn't lose at home to Ford by 18 points. No, so no. that's just kind of our two cents on the Alabama yeah. basketball situation. But like we said, we hope they turn around. We hope they win out mm-hmm. in, in, in the regular season and, and you know play well when it comes to SEC tournament time, and and hopefully get in uh, to the uh, to the big dance. And uh, mm-hmm. I think right now. I haven't seen an update of Joe Lenardi, but I believe I heard somewhere that they're still in the tournament as an eleven seed as of right now, so but gotta win gotta win the next two for sure. Right. You can't you can't go into the I believe it'd be the LSU game losing mm-hmm. to, to Texas A and M and Vanderbilt. So And I ask um I cannot thank the guys that that we follow, we ask all the
1: uh college questions, college basketball questions too. Um but I would give him credit for this. But I asked him, he was at he was doing a Q and A Q&A. And I asked him. I said, "What is Alabama's? You think they're ceiling in the tournament time?" And he said, "It's. It, it could be a Sweet Sixteen team." And I believe that. But the team that played Saturday, they're not. A, that's not a Sweet Sixteen team. No, that's not, a team that's going to get beat in the first
0: round of the NIT. Yeah, of the NIT. So. Yeah, we'll just kind of see what happens from here. Like we said, a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wish him the best. We wish Avery the best. We yes. don't want Avery to get fired because if he gets fired, that means our program's not doing good. Exactly. So we want Avery to keep his job because we want him to keep winning. And he's a great recruiter. Yes. Look what he's brought in. Yes. I mean, we had Colin Setson last year. Who would have thought we would have had that kid? Right. I mean. Got another – and Kyra Lewis is yes. a great get. Exactly. Got a really good class coming up. So the talent is there. Yeah. It's just – Translating that to, to more wins, and, and wins that you should get anyway.
1: Exactly, Yeah.
0: Uh, but that's, that's all we got on, on Bama Hoops. Uh, we're going to move on to, uh, to some of uh, the coaching, uh, I guess, announcements for, for Alabama football. And uh, we've, we've touched on them a few times uh, this off offseason, uh, but it's kind of been finalized now. Yeah. Uh, we have Steve Sarkeesian as the, as the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach. Uh, Jeff Banks is, is the special teams coordinator and the tight ends coach. Kyle Flood is the offensive line coach. Charles Huff is the associate head coach and the running backs coach. And uh, Holman Wiggins is, is now the uh, the wide receivers coach. So that's that's the offensive staff. Uh, I think it's a really solid staff. I mm-hmm. know a lot of people have questioned, and, and even me at first, the Steve Sarkeesian hire. But with, with the type of guys that they have now on that offensive staff, I, I see more of a – a, a pro style attack coming up, and, mm-hmm. and it may not even be this this coming season with Tua, but moving forward, when you know when you got a battle between a between you know it seems like Paul Tyson and Mac Jones and and uh, Talia Tongavalu, oh, yeah. so it, I could I could see a, a pro style attack coming uh, coming in the near future for Alabama.
1: Yeah, and you know we we like you say we've covered some of them. I love the Kyle Flood uh, hire, the Charles Huff hire, um, Steve Sarkeesian my My point that I made uh when we first talked about when he was kind of rumored to be the new uh coordinator you know he did like i said he did score thirty one points against Clemson with a quarterback at the time who could not throw a ball you know throw really well and Jalen Hurts. so um I think he will be he will be just fine i mean he knows a little bit about the program already for being there. So um I, I'm excited. Um, and I, I I agree with Stacy. I think we're gonna to move to more of a of a like a ground and pound getting back to to Bama football, you know, like we used to do a few years ago when we had of course Derrick Henry and Ingram and Richardson, you know, just ground and pound and off topic a little bit. Trent Richardson speaking to him, he is dominating in the AAF for the Birmingham Iron. That team is amazing. They still they're the only team. That's not given up a touchdown yet in the AAF, so uh, just a shout out to them. But yeah, um, three
0: touchdowns through two games for for Trent Richardson. Yeah, and all have come in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, so uh, it's um, but but going back to the offensive staff, I think it's really it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be fine. I mean, the biggest thing is we can't lose Nick Saban. <laughs> that that's that is what you know. Whenever that time does come, and, and I'm a realistic Auburn fan. Within the next five five years, five six seven years, I know it's gonna happen. And uh, we'll see what happens in, but but the staff he's got he's got built on the offensive side. I like the staff. I, do I really too. do.
0: I think it's, I I love Charles Huff. I, I think do too. I think he's going to be outstanding for our running game. Yeah, and, and
1: they're all good recruiters. You yeah, know, look what Sarkeesian did. You know what he got the level of talent he got quarterback wise. You know when he was at USC. You know so. Uh, I think I think we're gonna be all right. Yeah. Now the defensive side.
0: Yeah, you know, on the defensive side, uh, we announced that Pete Golding will be the defensive coordinator and the inside linebackers coach. Uh, Brian Baker is the uh, is the defensive line coach and also associate head coach. Uh, Charles Kelly, of course, was brought in to be the associate defensive mm-hmm. coordinator to kind of give a you know a voice to to, to Pete Golding. He's also going to coach the safeties. Uh, Carl Scott's the cornerback's coach. And, of course, we bring back Sal sensory to coach the outside linebackers. I love and that one. I love how, having Sal back. And, yes. of course, we got Tino as a boy and, and Vinny, who played at Alabama, yep. as, a, as a, I guess, analyst or yeah. off-the-field coaches in some capacity there. So, the defensive staff, it is, it's once again, it's solid. A lot mm-hmm. of experience on that side of the ball. I think 7-1 to surround a young guy like Pete with – with with some experience and uh, you know kind of some wisdom so to speak and uh, you know I, I've heard a lot of people say that that Nick Saban really thinks a lot of Pete Golding and that he thinks that he has a really bright f- future and that Pete's the type of guy that could stay around for you know the rest of Saban's tenure to be his defensive coordinator and uh, and and Saban really likes the guy and thinks he thinks he's going to do well um, the. I love
1: uh, having Sunseri back. Um, I really like all the coaches. There was an article that come up back in January, and um, we didn't get a chance to discuss it. it As about Pete Golem, but uh, apparently, you know, I'm not. I, I just kind of questioned the the move of what this article. If it's 100 percent true, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just reading you what what the article says. Apparently Dan Eno said that Golding not Lapoy, was calling the defense for halfway during the season because Paul was having trouble with practice trying to get you know players um and packages in and stuff. If that's the case then if he was calling that defense against, you know, Clemson that was a terrible performance from the defense. So I'm hoping it, you know, it don't translate to our defense, you know, being terrible next year, which I know it won't. But I just have a little bit of question about that. But it it, it could, you know, he could be the best defensive coordinator we've had since well, Kirby. You the, know. I mean,
0: even if that's true, and I, I've mm-hmm. heard the same rumor that, yeah. that, that Golding was calling the plays and, and LaPoy was doing more of the game planning yeah. part of it. Even if that's true, it would be an overreaction to have a reaction either way. Okay. I mean, it, it's hard – if you're doing a a co-defensive coordinator thing where one guy's doing the game plan and then one guy's calling the plays. that's not going to work. I don't care how much talent you have. Yeah. It's not going to work. If if one guy's game planning you to do this and then another guy's calling the plays defensively, yeah. that's not going to work. And if that happened, I can't believe Saban let it happen. Right. And I think that maybe it did happen and Saban – Realize he didn't make a good decision there. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason you've seen all the changes on the defensive side of the football. Right. So, I think Saban knows what he's doing. Oh, Saban yeah. knows what he wants. Saban knows what he likes. Yeah. And if he thinks Pete Golden is the answer on the defensive side of the ball as far as the coordinator position goes, then, then you know, you got to trust him.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I trust the guy. You know, I trust Saban. And, and I don't, um, you know, take away from anything that Saban's ever done. Um, but you know, that was just a rumor that had popped up and of course it could have been just Dan Eno's throwing shade for after his you know, him leaving, but you know, I don't I don't know. But we'll we'll see how the defense is. I, I do expect us to be a whole lot better defensively next year. Um we got a lot of talent coming in. You know, we've talked about um Antonio, uh, Antonio Alfano coming in, that's gonna be great. See him. Um you know, defense, we got Moses back and linebackers. Um, so it's going secondary to be, will
0: for sure be really good. Everybody's back pretty much back there. Right. Size uh, DT. So, yeah, the, the secondary will be, be the strong point of, of the defense next season. It's going to be great. Um, uh, i got to replace a lot of guys on the defensive line, you know, get, mm-hmm. get some more depth there, but you know, so look for people like Antonio Alfano to play early. Oh yeah. Uh, so, uh, I think the defense will be solid. Uh, and uh, I like the staff. I like the, you know, the the direction the program's I guess going. I mean, it's it's been it's, it's in the same direction it's been for the last decade. But you right. understand what I'm saying? I yeah. I don't think they're going away anytime soon. No, they're not. But uh, that's all we got on the, uh, you know, as far as covering the the coaching announcements and the, mm-hmm. you know, who's coaching what and where and all that. But uh, before we go, we're going to touch on a little NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was All-Star weekend this last weekend, and uh, I didn't watch any of it. I didn't either. My, uh, my oldest daughter plays uh, TVBA basketball, so we had tournaments this last weekend. and uh, So I wasn't at home any. Yeah, <laughs> I was gone Friday night when I got off work until almost midnight and was gone all day Saturday and all day Sunday, so I didn't get to watch any of it. But uh, – yeah, you know, obviously Kevin Durant won the won the MVP for Team mm-hmm. LeBron as they yep. I think come back from twenty points down at one point in that game, yeah. uh, and then it seemed to spark a debate on you know on TV of you know is this kind of a passing of the torch from LeBron to KD and mm-hmm. I mean I know they have to have something to fill their airtime yeah but how can a game that doesn't count for anything <laughs> that nobody plays defense in yeah be a passing of the torch between one great player to another right to me that's just a that's just a idiotic take
1: and you want to talk about the defense it was 178 to 164 there is absolutely no defense played in that game so yeah you know i agree with that i put that poll out on twitter and only i only have four votes so far but you know of course i'm with stacy lebron is the the best player you know, of course, we could debate all night on who is the greatest player of all time, either him or Michael Jordan. We could That's a totally different topic. But for right now, uh, he is the best player in the NBA. The, the biggest one, you know, I brought up as well was who's the most important player to their team, um, you know, right now. And I said LeBron, Kevin Durant, or the Greek freak. Um, I know you, you commented and said LeBron. Um, To me, personally, it's it's, – I can never say his name. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, because without him, the Milwaukee Bucks probably sitting at, you know, 20 wins at at least. Uh, For – I should say not team, but for for a city, he's probably the most important player for a city uh, because him being in Milwaukee uh, has really, you know – uh improve they're kind of just him being there is they're getting a lot of highlights of getting on tv a little bit more just because he is so fun to watch i mean last or the uh thing last night in the uh nba game um seth curry just did a huge bounce pass off the backboard and he went to dunk him, man. the dude's fun to watch uh i really like him as as a player and he seems like he's a good guy as a person. Um, of course, he's. I made a comment a few weeks ago that he did say he was. You know, he plans on staying in Milwaukee, Buck for, you know, the rest of his um, his NBA career. But we'll see how that goes. You know, everybody wants to win a championship, so if they don't, you know, get any better, any better players around him, you know, he may think elsewhere. But who knows on
0: that? Yeah, I mean, I think is the three guys that you put up there. Mm-hmm. I think Giannis is the second most important. LeBron's but the first. LeBron's the first. I mean LeBron literally the team that he leaves literally goes to become the worst team in the league. That's a good point. Yeah. And it, I mean it happened when he left Cleveland the first time. Mm-hmm. Miami really struggled after he left. Yep. I mean they haven't been they haven't been the same since. uh uh-uh. uh So and then, then he, when he goes back to Cleveland, they go from being the worst team to playing in four straight NBA finals. Yep. So there's no other player that brings more value to their team as far as getting wins and taking you somewhere than what LeBron James does. Mm. Now, in two to three years, it will be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. But right now it's still LeBron because if LeBron is not on the Lakers – I mean, we've seen what they done when he was out for several games. They won six out of 18.
1: Yeah, they were terrible.
0: I think they were six and 11, yeah. I believe is what they were. It was so, crazy. I mean, there, LeBron and is the most valuable player to mm-hmm. to to his respected team, and then it's Giannis. Obviously, yeah. I mean now the the uh, Bucks have a couple really good you know second tier players in Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, so I mean they're they're really good players, and they got guys like Mike Malcolm Brogdon. That's a mm-hmm. really solid player. Of course, Brooke Lopez has been around forever. He's going to get you double digit points. Mm-hmm. So. You know, they have, they have nice guys around Giannis, mm-hmm. but Giannis is obviously the guy that that, that pulls the weight. I mean, oh, yeah. You're talking about the guy who leads the team in points, rebounds, <laughs> and assists. Assist. Yeah. So, you know, he's averaging 27 points, almost 13 rebounds, and six assists. And, and he, the dude's just going to get better. Oh, yeah. I mean, what is he, 24 years old? He's, is that when he is, 24? He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's you know, 24. 24. He just turned 24 in December. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that the dude is unreal. He is. I mean, he's still not a great three-point shooter. He's shooting a, a 22% this yeah. year. That's his only downfall. But if he ever gets to it, even just 30% from the three-point line, mm-hmm. I mean, that dude's going to be unstoppable. Yeah. And he practically is without a three point shot. Yeah. So he's he creates the mo, he creates the second most value for his team mm-hmm. right now. It's still LeBron, uh, but obviously that's going to start changing as he as he gets a little older and mm-hmm. uh, starts to wear down a little bit. And people are acting like he's already wearing down. No, he's not. He's not wearing down. And he's <laughs>
1: well, Megan, you know um, comment off of what you uh, said earlier. Yeah, Giannis has like you said, Chris Milton. He's got some secondary players, and in all in all honesty, all LeBron's got is probably Brandon Ingram, you know. So he's only got one guy to compliment well, him.
0: Well, I I would say Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, but but the problem is is they're not guys that can have. I know LeBron's going to be ball dominant, but they don't have a guy that can do anything with the ball. I'm right? Thinking. Yeah. I mean Ingram Ingram has great length and athleticism. Yeah. But he's most of the time not going to beat guys off the dribble. Exactly. And neither yeah. is Kuzma. Yeah, exactly.
1: But you know, other other than that, you know, um, I just I just put them out to be a fun poll. I thought uh, try to get you know something stirred up just to you know uh, see what what people thought. And um, but I I'm with you. I I, I like um, Giannis. But but the best player. In the NBA right now, of course, is LeBron. And will be until he decides to pass the torch to either
0: Giannis or Kevin Durant, whichever one. And see, I, I'm not sure that, that by the time LeBron retires, if Giannis hadn't already surpassed Kevin Durant. Probably so. Yeah. Now, he may not have the championships, but I'm talking right. as far as a player goes, mm-hmm. I, I think Giannis may, mm-hmm. may overtake KD. Yeah. Now, that's saying a lot because Kevin Durant's been a – been a heck of a player for a mm-hmm. decade now. Oh yeah. So, you know, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, sell Durant short because he's he's a spectacular player. He is. And I heard something else uh, the other day um,
1: on the radio, and and it it made sense. You know, LeBron. There's only one time that he went and and got other players. He got Bosh and Wade was already in Miami, but Durant. Was pretty much, him and Russell Westbrook was the guy Oklahoma State or Oklahoma City, and he left that to go to be with a pretty much four big you know big time NBA stars to get his championship. LeBron's pretty much done it by himself. Look what he did in Cleveland; he did it by himself. He's probably going to will he's probably going to will the Lakers into the playoffs. I don't know how how deep they're going to go, but I, I, I really
0: do. I, I stand by the fact that they will yeah. make the playoffs this year, and it's gonna. I mean, it's gonna piss a lot of people off because they're already uh mm-hmm. you know, saying it's over with for LeBron. I it's mean not. I just don't get that. No. Until I see a playoffs uh start that doesn't have LeBron Jets in it, I'm gonna think he's gonna be there. Exactly. Because he's done it time and time, time and time and time again. And time, and time again. And and you know, people can hate LeBron all they want to. That's fine. That doesn't matter. But you have to be able to uh compartmentalize your hate for the person LeBron James, Mm -hmm. and then respect the greatness that he is. Because LeBron James is an all-time great. I mean, there's not going to be another LeBron James for a long time. There's not. Giannis is not going to be another LeBron James. Kevin Durant is not going to be another LeBron James. No. Uh, There's nobody out there right now. Even Zion Williamson is not going to be another LeBron James. Nope. I mean, what we're seeing and what we've seen over the past, what, Fifteen, sixteen years yeah. is—I mean, almost unprecedented. I mean, yeah. there's only been a couple guys ever to be like LeBron James. So, mm-hmm. the hate form that people have is really frustrating, mm-hmm. and it—and I think that makes people like me, who—I mean, I don't really have a team that I pull for, but I—I I just pull for LeBron because there's so many people that hate him mm-hmm. and want him to fail. Right. Yep. So. That's that's probably my that's my two cents on LeBron but uh you know we we enjoy the NBA and I want to say this about the NBA All-Star weekend I think it's the most well put together of all the oh, professional yeah. all-stars. Right. Uh I mean the baseball is too serious for me. I mean the the team that wins or the the league that wins gets the Host Home. the World Series. Yep. Home that's crappy. Is. That's supposed to be a fun week for them guys and now they gotta worry about winning the game. Yeah, exactly. In the NBA, they're just out there having fun. And it's uh that and that's what the fans wanna see. They wanna see mm-hmm. them guys kind of let loose for 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 a few days. Right. And, you know, you get that dunk contest and, and the and the three point shootout and the and skills, skills challenge yeah. and then and then the all-star game to, to top it all off. we we're, we're the greatest basketball players in the world. Just cut loose and have fun for a couple hours. Yeah, jack up threes from half court. I mean, it's just it's fun to watch and and it's kind of it's kind of refreshing to see, you know, a professional, uh, you know, a professional Mm. sport, you know, not take themselves too seriously. Exactly. Yep. So uh, that's all we got for tonight. Uh, We didn't get it in in our thirty five minutes that we kind of wanted, but uh, that's okay. We hope y'all enjoy the episode. Like always, make sure you follow our podcast Twitter page at, at, at double cub underscore pod. Uh, you can follow me, Stacy Blackwood at Blackwood eighty nine,
1: and I'm at J, JTH double cover one.
0: Well, that's all we got, guys. We hope you all have a good evening, and uh, we'll see y'all next time.
1: See y'all.